Hello, everyone. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Brews Less Traveled, the podcast exploring the best uncharted beer scenes across the United States. I'm your host, Brian, and I am happy to welcome back my co-host for the Salt Lake City episodes, Molly Sutter. How's it going, Molly? Pretty great today, Brian. How are you? I am doing very well. I went to a concert last night, a metal concert, Mm -hmm. did not go into the pit, did not get injured, had an excellent time. Wow. That's, I'm like, I feel like I'm so proud of you. I did it. Yay. And what metal concert did you go to see? I saw a Swedish death metal band called Meshuggah, which we've actually talked about on the show. Amazing. Amazing. Long time subscribers will remember back in May of this year, we featured uh, a great brewery out of Minneapolis by the name of Falling Knife. And our guest had a sign behind him that had the words Rational Gaze on it, which was the name of their beer which is also the name of a Mashoga song, which they played last night. And it was mm, chef's kiss. So this is like a beautiful full circle moment for you almost. Yep. Incredible. <laughs> How you doing? You enjoying the fall slash I pretty much winter weather already here. Do you have your heat on already? I'm absolutely loving it. No, no heat windows have been open. I have about three blankets at my feet. So tempted to turn on the heat, but not quite yet. I'm very much enjoying the uh, the crispiness of early fall right now. Uh, we live in quite an old house that was converted into an apartment building. And uh, it was 40 some degrees this morning when I got up in the house, not in the Ooh. house, it was 40 some degrees outside. It was 50 some in the house. So I was like, I am turning on the furnace. I don't care. Flip the switch. That's uh, that's okay. I'm still. I had the thought today. I today was the first time the thought actually crossed my brain. But I just grabbed another blanket, called it a day. <laughs> I'm even worse. I turned the heat on, and I have a space heater under my desk here. I have it off for the audio integrity of the podcast. Laura, don't oh. say I never did anything for you. <laughs> yeah, that's so... the move, though. You have one like right underneath your desk to like point at your legs. Here, if you listen, if you listen really closely. I just kicked it over. Amazing. Yep. That's not running. That isn't a fire hazard immediately. Hello to everybody in the chat. Shout out to our subscribers joining us while we record this podcast. And uh, one more to go to cap off Salt Lake City. So grab your SLUT mugs and bumper stickers, rub some sandstone dirt on your face. And don your best pair of two short shorts a la jazz legend John Stockton. And join us as we wrap up SLC. Today, we're featuring the two largest breweries in Salt Lake City, Epic Brewing Company and Uinta. Uinta. I always mispronounce that. We'll get clarification on that tonight. The best part about it, though, at least, is that we get to enjoy a beer from both of these breweries. First, we're going to get into the Munich Mayhem from Epic. And then... After that, we are going to hit the uh, Lime Pilsner from Uinta, and we're going to be joined by a special guest. But first, how about we crack that open? Let's do it. All right. Yes. Very excited. This is a Marzen, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, we got a Marzen lager. Yes. If 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 you're pretentious, you can call it a Merzen. Mm, wrong podcast for that. Not today. <laughs> this is my favorite seasonal of the year. Is Well, technically... A Meritzen is a representation of of the beer that they brew for Oktoberfest and is mm-hmm. typically a little different. But anyways, everybody talks about 
fresh hop beers in this, the fall. And, you know, there's a lot of hubbub about pumpkin beers and you can, you know, ha- say what you will about those. But mm-hmm. I really love when Oktoberfest style fest beer, Vienna lager, whatever you want to call it, comes back around. So very excited for this one. Cheers. Me as well. Cheers. Perfect for today. Classic Munich brown lager, ready character, nice uh, spice coming from the Zaws hops that are in this. And uh, yeah, just everything you want in a fall lager. It's perfect for the 50 degree weather we're hearing having here in Pittsburgh. I was just going to say this is, yeah, this is 100% the beer that I would grab in, in today oh. in particular. Yeah, the spice notes right off that is getting me right now. This is delicious. Yeah, and again, shout out to our Beer Club subscribers. We got this unintended epic sticker, epic hop sticker that you got to go along with your epic beer. Wonderful. It's an epic day. Yeah, I'm running out of jokes about about the word epic and uh, running out of steam. So I think it's time to get to our guest. Please join us in welcoming the director of marketing at Uinta Brewing Company, Jeremy Worrell. Hey there. How are we doing, guys? Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for the uh, epic intro to play along with what you guys have going on there. (laughs) I love it. How's things going? It's great. I I mentioned earlier my my trouble with Uinta and Uinta, and I just remembered this amazing phonetic device that I saw on on your website. That yeah. said, uh, you can remember it by saying, uh, you into beer. You into beer. You, yeah. Are you into beer? Yeah. I, uh, I always just say, you know, say it, say it how it's spelled. But for some reason, the I and the N get turned around with people. And, and honestly, it's uh, even happens with locals around here. Um, it was sort of a, a joke that even uh, people locally mispronounce and misspell you into. But yeah, you into U-I-N-T-A. So let's get into our rapid fire questions. Debuted last week, hot off the presses. Jeremy, are you ready? I am ready. Rapid fire questions coming at you before we get to those to the, to the serious part of the interview. All right, ready, ready to go. <laughs> okay, favorite non you into beer. Favorite non you into beer. Um, yes. Can I give a, a craft and a domestic? Absolutely. Okay, craft favorite beer um, goes back to where I kind of discovered craft beer, and that's in Montana. Single malt IPA out of Blackfoot Brewing Company in Helena, Montana. Okay. That's, that's my craft. Okay. And domestic, I'm a Rainier guy through and through. So okay. I, go, I go the Rainier routes. Yeah. Shout out to Washington. We may yeah. be talking mm-hmm. more about Washington next month. Hint, hint. Ooh. Favorite hop? Ah, man. Uh, Talus, 100%. Ooh. Oh, great. Great fun pool. fact, wow. fun fact about Hallis, uh, Talis, we were one of two breweries that were uh, playing with it when it was known as HBC 862, I believe. I might have those okay. numbers on, but uh, it was in a uh, one of our Crooked Line beers called Test Bays and fell in love with it then. It was the sole hop in that beer, um, so it was a single wow. malt or a single hop uh, New England style hazy IPA. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, skiing, skiing or mountain biking? Uh, I think... Lately, mountain biking, but I mean, just simply because it's more accessible. Skiing is a full day, uh, especially more and more here in Utah uh, as we've kind of grown population. Uh, you got to go further away from Salt Lake if you want to not spend a lot of time in a car or in lift lines. And so it's yep. just more accessible. But on a powder day, skiing 100%. Full squish or hardtail? 
Mm, hard, uh, full squish. Yeah. I'm, oh, a, I'm, a Santa, okay. I'm a, I'm a Santa, I'm a Santa Cruz guy for sure. Oh, fancy. Nice. Yes. Let me take it real serious around here. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like one of the few toys I've ever bought myself as a nice fountain bike for sure. I do not blame you. They make exceptional bikes. Uh, favorite national park. Out of state glacier national park. Going non Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a uh, background. I'm Montana guy. I grew up in Iowa, but I, uh, I came of age as a person in Montana. So glacier <laughs> national park has the, has my heart, but local park. You know, I love Zion National Park. It's super unique. It's super overrun. So you want some solitude, Canyonlands is the place to go. Crown or in and out? Uh, around here, it's, it's, it's in and out for me. Yeah, okay. I'm not a crown guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd love to hear what the, other, uh, what the other Utah folks said about that. Crown was pretty prominent. I didn't know about it until I moved here. So um, I think I just had my first experience with in and out. As I said, we we debuted these last week, and our, our guest had some uh, scheduling issues, so we have not got uh, the access to it. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Like okay, person. yeah. <laughs> I uh, that's funny. I didn't even know it was a chain until I moved here. I was like, "What is this restaurant that's like looks like a casino?" Because everything in Montana is a casino, <laughs> and this was like the one place that kind of looked like, "Oh, there should be slot machines there." So, oh, it uh, looks like home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, two more rapid fire. Uh, yep. Check. Or German pills? Oh, German. German pills. All right. Yeah. And the final rapid fire question. Have you ever seen a UFO? No, I've been out and seen weird lights, but I can't say I've seen a UFO. No. Okay. Yeah. You ever bet you, you, you go out to Skinwalker Ranch out there? Uh, I haven't. I haven't been invited yet. But yeah, I it was one of the few places on my radar when I moved here. Just kind of <laughs> knew about it. But yeah, haven't made it out there yet. You know, you're out, you might have a few drinks, you're hanging out with buddies and someone sees a plane in the sky and freaks everyone out. That's all as far as I can say. But yeah, no, no, no UFOs. Plane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drones. <laughs> I would say it was, it was a drone. That's all I would say. Well, that was great. I really enjoyed that, uh, that rapid that fire round. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your background, how you got started with Uinta, and then still really interested to uh, hear the Uinta mountain range as well. Yeah. So real brief on that behind me, uh, that's the Uinta mountain range uh, just off of the Mirror Lake Highway. It's uh, southeast of Salt Lake. Go up through Park City, and then you end up on a really gorgeous highway and just mountain lakes everywhere and peaks everywhere. So that's a, that's a solid spot. So I thought it'd be worth bringing that there. Cool thing about the Uinta mountains. They are one of the few, I think they're one of two uh, north, or uh, I just I'd say uh, north-south, east-west mountain ranges. So most oh. mountain ranges, you know, are north-south. Uintas yeah. actually run east-west, so that's why I always like that there. Cool thing about Uinta is it was almost named Great Basin Brewing Company. Uh, I'm kind of glad it stuck with that because it feels like it's uh, it, it sticks with people because they have to figure out how to pronounce it. So question was, how did I end up at Uinta? Went to school in Missoula, Montana, uh, graduated, worked at the university there, just kind of Missoula is one of those towns. It's super hard to find a job. So I just found a job at the university, had decent benefits. And I just was a, you know, skillless recent undergrad. So I just started doing things I was good at. And I started working with the uh, career center there. And so I was doing all these like promos for events, reaching out to employers. So, you know, uh, graphic stuff, working on the website, basically we were, uh, you know, I was like a Swiss army knife for them. Moved to Utah 2013, 
lady of mine was going to school here. So I kind of came along, um, started working at the University of Utah. Same thing, pretty much doing the same thing. I was like kind of like in the trajectory of becoming like a career coach. And then I realized, hey, I'm like prepping these kids and getting them ready and like massaging their resumes to get jobs that are like way better than mine. And I'm like, I, I can't, <laughs> you know? So I was like, I got to figure out something else. At that time I was a like huge craft beer fan. And so um, I was, you know, Utah was a much different craft scene than uh, even just as far back as 2014, uh, say like 30 less breweries. So there was only a few and only a few that actually like hired, you know, like skill position people. So um, one of the things I picked up in career centers is how to massage and manipulate your resume. So I first interviewed at UNTA <laughs> to do an HR job, which I was not qualified for, but I did get to the interview round. Um, didn't get that job for some reason. Um, and then I, uh, and then a marketing assistant job came up. Uh, turns out I was the first like actual staff hire in the marketing department here. Prior to that, they just had a single marketing director and her name is Lindsay Burke. She's been all over the place. Uh, she's been at Lord Hobo. She's been at a number of different beverage companies okay. as well. Learned a lot from her, just like picking up things as we went. It's been a wild ride at Uinta to say the least uh, through the years. But uh, yeah, started as his first assistant and now I'm currently running the department. Wild. Yeah, That's awesome. I have a follow-up about, uh, you mentioned a story earlier about GABF in, in one of your first years with oh. UNTA, but I do have to ask. Yeah. You were in uh, the career department at the University of Utah around 2013, 2014? Uh, yeah, at the School of Business specifically. They had their okay. own school of business. Ah. The School of Business had everything kind of their okay. own because they had all the money. So, I, have a, <laughs> yeah. I have one of my one of my oldest friends, one of my best friends in the world uh, was at the school for chemistry or microbiology or something. He's yeah. way, way smarter than I'll ever be. Um, <laughs> and I was just going to ask if you knew him because. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I had uh, it was all undergrad, like first, second year trying to set up internships with like places like Goldman Sachs. And, you know, like oh, I, was, yeah. I was going to work like, you know whatever they have the hub here um but I, I was going to work wearing a shirt and tie every day and just really wasn't fitting my what i was going for right so um now i go to yeah. now i go to work uh, with a t-shirt and a hat on sometimes so. <laughs> that's great yeah, that's the way too. to do that's it not, that's not bad yeah uh so next week in denver uh well when this podcast releases this yeah. week in denver is the largest beer gathering in the world uh, well Take that back. Largest beer gathering in North America, the Great American Beer Festival. And Jeremy, you had an interesting story about yeah. uh, your first year there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like uh, it's it, it pains me that we're not we're actually not going to have a physical presence there this year. We just didn't have the resources at the time when, when registration was coming around, didn't plan for it to be back. And so that kind of that kind of hurts. But I was thinking about that this morning is like because GAVF was always such a big deal for us specifically. One of my claims of fame is I'm, uh, I'm a two-time winner of best booth at GABF. So I put a lot of work into that. Oh, um, yeah. My my first year, uh, we had bought, like we sponsored an end cap. So it was a 10 by 20. And basically I was given the task of, hey, let's build a giant forest on our 10 by 20 area. And we're going to put a trail on there and we're going to put a yurt up in there. And we're going to decorate the yurt as if it's a home that you're living in and uh, by the way, I had zero like stage building or construction. No yurt, you know? no prior yurt experience. <laughs> no prior experience doing that as well. So um, I just 
built up the whole trail out of fake trees and brought in like, yeah, built a yurt. And we actually went as far as uh, like we had critters in the forest, like an owl. And one specific was a deer decoy that we decoupaged with like all of our beer labels. And it built a national forest wood carving sign. We had a whole like photo op location for people to come through and Anyways, it became kind of the uh, the talk of the the area. We actually, we won best booth that year, and then the final final night we were going to take a group photo with our uh, with our deer, which hadn't had a name yet, but it was dear to our heart. Uh, is what I kept saying, <laughs> dear to our heart. And we got there and we turned around and the deer was gone. And so maybe we've had a you know four days of GABF in our blood, but we. We ran all over the place looking for it, even went as far as went up to the security and we watched it walk out in the masses at the end of the night on this guy's shoulder. And we even started like a wanted in search of combo on the streets. And we started a social media campaign, hoping like it was another brewery that stole it and we'd get it back, but never found it. Is that uh, it? That's yeah, actually, oh my God. Oh, that's, that's, that's version two. That was the next year where we did it outdoor under like under the stars. So we, used a bunch of blackout okay. uh, material so there's the deer oh my um, god here okay. to our heart bless him forever i had no idea where he went in. um we heard rumors it was someone from another brewery but we never we never found it but yeah the next year we built a uh, uh under the stars camp scene inside that tent we did like blackout and star machines and campfires that, but the other side of that is, is we had the fire department fire marshal show up because we had a smoke machine in our yurt and we were blowing it. Um, apparently we didn't have the right permit for that. So we got shut down. <laughs> Try to get um, your smoke machine permit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I definitely have that story under my belt now though for, um, That's... yeah, I can build a nice interactive, uh, consumer experience. So. <laughs> yeah. Just don't, don't ask you to keep track of a deer. No, I'd, I'd love to. <laughs> find out where that went someday I'm, I'm assuming it just like ended up in some dude's hotel room and he woke up the next morning and like looked across the room he's like is that a deer you know oh, man. <laughs> but, but it was yeah. it was sweet yeah it took a lot of took a lot of time to put all those those labels on there so so switching gears here uinta uses renewable resources to power the brewery can you explain that process further for our listeners and yeah. maybe talk about some of the challenges you faced relying on wind and solar so, um, and I think it's, you know, fair to, to be clear on that. It's like, so in 2001, Uinta became the first company in the state of Utah, actually, um, and I believe second craft brewery in the nation next to Sierra Nevada to become 101, 100% wind powered. Now, what that means is, is that our founder at the time, Will, Will Hamill was just, he was basically buying offsets from Wyoming. Now the brew house, uh, I believe it was in 2012, was uh, our Browcon uh, brew house. I think it was actually installed 2012, commissioned 2013. That is actually powered by the solar panels on the brew house and our um, steam recapture system for the boil and all of that. So mm. yeah, everything is a hundred percent renewable energy footprint. Yeah. We just recently were uh, awarded by blue sky association for our involvement in that program. Cause it was very new at the time. As we said, we were the, the first company in the state of Utah to actually be hundred percent uh, renewable energy. And, you know, that comes at a significant cost, but it was all to reduce our footprint. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's incredible. So, and you're the director of marketing for this brewery here. You guys have been here in business now for nearly 30 years. How do you keep the marketing initiatives, you know, fresh and exciting? Um, yeah, you know, I was thinking about that and, you know, it's, 
you really just got to find those angles, um, you know, especially as a 30 year brewery, because you're right in this, we've been talking about it now for two or three years that we're right in that sweet spot of we're old enough to play the vintage, you know, throwback card, but we also are continuously innovating and, and releasing new beers and, and doing new things. So it's trying to find that toe in the line there between the two of them. So I think that's one. And it's really, it's just, you got to keep it fresh, keep it innovative. And what for us is we're always looking to do things and associate with things that I always say are beer adjacent. Whereas, you know, you went to, gosh, it was probably 2014, 2015, right around I started was where we really started like adopting more of the lifestyle outdoor ethos, Utah centered branding, um, which now has been, you know, a, a adopted by so many other companies as well. So now it's like trying to carve through that, you know, it was like part of one of our original identity and really was what built the brewery and the people that work here. But now it's trying to find, you know, what's the bridge as Salt Lake builds up, you know, Salt Lake has a huge alternative scene, a huge skate scene, you know, uh, we call it kind of punk outdoorism um, for Salt Lake. And so trying to adopt that, but also, you know, for me, I, I, I try to maintain a little bit of maturity as the brand as well. You know, like it's, it's easy to chase puns and, you know, kind of like go for some gimmick stuff, you know, follow what, whatever social media trend is happening. And I try not to do that unless it fits the brand and that's, that, that works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. I think the other thing for, for us as a distribution company is also, you know, there's the consumer side of things. So keep your messaging, you know, relevant you know, we, we have a TikTok account, right. You know, we do all of those things, but we also, you know, we're, we're expanding, um, to different activities, different organizations. So a lot of outdoor companies, and like we do events with those, like we're, we're trying to actually plan a, uh, a very like inclusive, like weekend of yurt trips or, you know, ski cat stuff like that, just to try to keep people active and keep people like ingrained with our brand and drink beer along the way. But where I was going with that is, you know, there's also the wholesaler side, which is our, you know, our primary customers is we serve our wholesalers and they are a network of this is how we've always done it. And this is, you do this programming and Q1, this and that, right. And, you know, and that works and it's, it's, you know, it's been that way for a while, but I try to find different angles and different POS and things programming wise to give our wholesalers to keep us relevant in their mind, because if we're not first and foremost in their mind, we're not first and foremost mm -hmm. in our consumer's mind. Yeah, absolutely. Got to play ball with the with the wholesalers. Yeah, for sure. Let's take a beer break and talk about the Family History Library. The Family History Library is a genealogical research facility located in Salt Lake City and contains the largest collection of genealogical records in the world. What does that mean? That means they have more information on the history of families than anyone else, and thankfully, they offer access to these records to the public free of charge. Think of it as the analog precursor to sites like Ancestry.com or 23andMe. Anyone can visit the library and research their own family history. The library includes a digital collection of over 2.4 million rolls of microfilm containing various records of 11.5 billion people from over 200 countries. Although founded by the Church of Latter-day Saints and originally intended for use only by its members, it has since developed into one of the greatest resources for any individual looking to research their own family history. They even offer research assistance in 30 languages. The Family History Library is located in Temple Square in downtown Salt Lake City, but the records can also be accessed online at familysearch.org. Now, let's get back to the show. So I think it's a good time to open up a, uh, you into beer. 
let's hey. let's get into this line pilsner i was uh, already there i uh, uh, i cheated i jumped in early so that's, that's <laughs> totally fine uh what would you like to tell us about this beer where to start you know i walked around today and was like hey i'm gonna be chatting about lion pilsner and, and you know the overall you know just overarching opinion about this is i think the best uh summation of it was is it's the um anytime anywhere uh any season pounder for people i think some i think lauren lurch who uh she runs all of our brewing operations she called it the the pizza bagel bites of beer which is yeah i think <laughs> the commercial was anytime anywhere any season or something like yeah i, I remember how she said it you can but eat like, pizza yeah. anytime yeah yeah exactly right so yeah i think for that it, it was you know simple beer in the sense of you know you you know exactly what you're getting when you, when you drink it but for me it's just it's my golf course beer it's my ski lift beer mm-hmm. it's my end of day beer you know i you know drink it when i'm eating um it just really does kind of pair with everything and that's you know kind of was the idea behind it the interesting thing about lime pilsner was it was definitely our most thought out and most you know studied to death brand release that i've ever been a part of um and that goes all the way back started in 2016 and you know we're talking local panels of taste testers friends family you know target consumers and multiple multiple r&d batches to try to get this right because we really just didn't want it to be like oh well we made bud light wine butt craft right <laughs> and at the time you know i and i claim this we hit it before Pilsner and lager got real popular in craft beer. Um, like you look back 2018 was when like solid gold from founders came out and, you know, we are, I feel like our internal taste buds were already migrating away from IPA, which is really what you went to so well known for. So yeah, that was a, that was a huge target for us as well. And I think, you know, I think you look back at it, I think we released this March, 2017, which is exactly when Dogfish released uh sequench. So I always look at, you know, some of the bigger dogs in the industry and I'm like, okay, we hit the same notes they did. We must be in the right path, I guess. Pretty good industry touchstone to get to be right yeah. in step with, with mm-hmm. Dogfish Head. You know, the people yeah. that had a show on the Discovery Channel in 2015 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. It just, it was such a new world for me because, you know, usually it would be, we release a beer, we take a picture of it, it goes out, you know, but this was the much larger release for Uinta, you know, we had, you know, large scale release meetings with our wholesalers, but we were also like really landed, filling the market up with, you know, press kits. We had large chain displays, on-premise programming. So it was really sort of my um, initiation to that side of the business. Cause at the time I was just doing events and social media. Right. So um, it was kind of the first like business side for me personally as well. Yeah. But uh, the cool part also about this beer is it spawned two other beers, the liquid through the R&D process. Uh, one was a, a line extension for this beer. It's called Mango Lime Pilsner. Huh? I had mango in it. Uh, but then uh, for the longest time, our seller and brewers would brew the base beer slightly different for Lime Pilsner. And they just did it for themselves. And it was just like a real classic base lager. And now it is our fourth best-selling beer in Utah. It's known as a Los Angeles craft beer just calling it beer, beer flavored beer, as we always say. Um, but that's sparked that beer as well. So that this, this one had a pretty far reaching effect. 
amazing. It's oh, it's incredible. Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah. That's right. The, uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I think a note for that, um, Los Angeles won gold at the International Beer Awards up in Idaho Falls, which is probably one of the more prominent metal award ceremonies for the Pacific Northwest brewers specifically. Yeah. Uh, we won gold in American Standard Lager with Los Angeles, which basically is based on the base beer for Lime Pilsner. Wow. Los Angeles is in like the Wasatch, Wasatch, Wasatch Mountains. Mountains and yeah. the influx yeah. of lots of people. We've dubbed it locally as Los Angeles. So yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love it. We're all we're all coming to terms with that right around around here right now. So <laughs> there you yeah. go. There's been like a lot of talks, you know, about the state itself, and we've discussed this, you know, on the show previously about increasing the ABV limit for draft beer. You know, it previously yeah. has gone from the 3.5 to five. What other steps do you think could be easily taken to kind of help ensure the growth of Utah's beer scene, whether it be increasing the ABV or other things along that line? I, I said this while it was happening. So it was, it, it was weird. Utah does it. They, the, the state officially tracks alcohol content by alcohol by weight. So it's 3.2, but it actually translated to 4% ABV. So we went from hmm. 4% to 5%. Okay. Now, Someone should have had TV cameras and like made a documentary on the process of that when that happened, because it was just a chasm of emotions from there's, you know, the side of people that didn't want to see an increase in beer because we've never had it that way. And then the side of people who wanted everything to be lifted completely. And then you had wholesalers and retailers having their own opinions. And then all of the uh, social media chatter that surrounded that it was uh, a very emotional time. Um, (laughs) debating about one percent ABV right so that was great (laughs) perspective what I liked about it was that you know we saw a little bit of an increase brewers could move things around but then everyone just went straight to five percent like every beer on draft every beer in the grocery stores was suddenly a five percent beer there's really no nuance right between four and a half five like it was just five percent that sense changed I think everyone sort of freaked out and thought people had to go that route so that was a that was a big push because I think it kind of it did open the doors for some other out-of-state craft breweries. But personally, I'd like to see it lifted entirely just for, you know, strength of competition, obviously, but also mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it would allow us to showcase some of our higher ABV beers, which are great, awesome beers that have limited space to sell in our home market because either it comes straight out of our bottle shop or it goes out of the state li- run liquor stores. Um, and usually those are uh, not cold stored. So um, the yeah. state run, yeah, yeah. the state run liquor stores, they, they're doing what they can. They're starting to build new liquor stores, starting to build, you know, and including cold storage there. That was newsworthy as well, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think <laughs> besides, uh, you know, lifting that entirely, I'd love to see, you know, access to the market from the out-of-state brewers and ourselves to that world of higher ABV beers. So right now we don't have those specialty bottle shops, like, which were huge and, you know, fundamentally like a huge part of growing craft beer for people when it was yeah. really taking off was like, I can go try yeah. this one. I can go try some. We, you can do that at state run liquor store, but it's just, you know, the, the tape was a little harder to access, I guess, for some mm-hmm. brewers. So they don't bother coming here. And so I think having that access for, for them would be awesome. Um, and then other than that, I think, you know, just continue to capitalize on, the, the local pride in Utah craft beer scene. Uh, when I first moved here in, when I moved here in 2013, there was, you know, the people, they're definitely evangelists, evangelists for uh, Utah, for Utah beer, but there's also a lot of comparing and nitpicking is like, well, where I grew up, we had this and it's so much better. And, 
you know, oh, I went to school here and I'm back and that, that, you know what I mean? Like I, that's mm-hmm. fine. A lot of the times that's, that's real, but yeah. it's also at the same time, it's like, you're not, I want to, I want to hear more pride in it locally, I guess. And so, and like I said, it's, it's definitely growing exponentially. We're uh, with 30 new breweries in the last like two or three years, there's been some really good brewers coming out. You know, you had, you had Epic on, you've had Shades on. I don't know if you guys had mm-hmm. TF Brewing, uh, but Fisher, there's just a lot of great brewers coming out. And the cool part is, is a lot of them used to work at Uinta. I, I sometimes call it a <laughs> University of Uinta. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's it's right. funny. We not to get into the regulations and the licensing involved mm-hmm. with doing this podcast, but we're we're limited in the breweries that we can work with often because it does take certain licensing and follow, yeah. following certain regulation. We had not only our choice from the number of breweries producing quality beer, but the number of breweries that had that proper licensing that wanted yeah. to do something like this. So like, mm-hmm. I, I hate the comparison thing too. You know, you know what Salt Lake City's beer scene is like? It's it's like Salt Lake City's beer scene. It's, mm-hmm. it's uniquely Salt Lake City. There's aspects of it that remind me of other beer scenes, but it's unique in yeah. its own way. The same way the city is unique. Totally, yeah. It's, uh, it's the way I look at it is, you know, it's just, a lot of us were, uh, I guess maybe we did, we, you know, I look at living in Missoula for a decade and, you know, when I first moved there, I didn't know what a growler was, you know, my, my access to yeah. craft beer was fat tire and, uh, Boulevard wheat. Cold smoke? Bull- yeah. uh, cold smoke? I, cold oh. smoke was kettle house, uh, the K hole we called it. Uh, yeah. yeah, cold smoke was my, uh, <laughs> was definitely my go-to when I moved there. But, you know, then you move away and you're like, you t- kind of took for granted those like little small tap tap rooms and then mm-hmm. right around 2016 2017 is when those started to open up around here it's just you know that influx of people is great and it was, uh, it was that i just think you know and I, I totally get it that outside influence is building it what it is today but i mean we definitely have you know some really top quality brewers here if you look yeah. at the number of high um, of metal counts for example of like high level competitions utah has a huge amount of metals from like some of these original brewers um, Red Rock, who uh, made Brewers now running TF and, you know, Uinta as well, highly decorated, easier to win medals back then, but still, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, we definitely were well decorated. And I, and I would also say is, uh, I don't know if anyone's brewing as good as uh, session strength beer as we are. And that's just because we were forced to do it for so long. <laughs> that's a, that's a very, very good point. Yeah. Earlier this year, Uinta was acquired by U.S. Beverage. What has that meant for Uinta as a company and how have things changed since January? Yeah. You know, I've been around ownership changes, um, but I'm still friends with and see the the founder of Uinta. Now he's since no longer involved. He's, you know, doing, doing what he wants to in life, uh, having, having fun for the rest of us sinners. Right. Um, that's what I would say, <laughs> but uh, Will's a great guy. It's for me, the difference between prior ownership um, where I had, you know, a little more high level exec experience, uh, you know, board meetings and quarterly reports, things like, you know, things that come along with real business and, you know, that you don't think about all the time when you think about craft beer, it's fun. Right. You know, but we had, we had those things, especially with ownership and this change with us beverages is that it's super refreshing because they're beer people, not only like the financial side of them, but the people who own it. That's a, I mean, for those who don't know, us beverage is an importer, exclusive importer for like Moosehead Lager, Czech Bar Pilsner, Bud Bar, I guess uh, I've learned it's, it's not, they're not allowed to call it Bud Bar in the US, um, but Czech Bar Pilsner. 
Superior, uh, Dragon Stout, they bring in Heineken products. So they do a lot. Uh, so they understand, you know, the ups and downs and, the you know, the raw materials and, and, you know, like when we're comparing numbers, if we're looking at Q1 2021, they know what's going on Q1 2022, not saying that we're having issues, but you know, you know what I mean? Like they see everything mm-hmm. from that higher level view. They see it from just like, I guess, yeah, as an insider of beer and they also love beer. They, they know the wholesale network and yeah, it's, it's been a really nice change. And, you know, as, as 2020 hit, we lost our out-of-state sales team. They come to us now with a 30 plus person sales team that we can slowly start to rebuild and re-expand our market outside of the Intermountain West, which is where we're pretty much limited to right now. We touched on this kind of earlier too, but, uh, you know, beer marketing overall essentially relies on some sort of customer interaction, at least to a certain extent here, right? Do you have a favorite customer interaction story from the past? Yeah, it's funny, it's brought up the the show you went to last night. Uh, I was also, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it wasn't, it's it couldn't be any different of a band, um, but it, it's those out of state experiences, right? That like, when you're not ready for it, I was up in uh, George Washington at the Gorge in Washington at a, uh, at a oh. run of at a run of fish concerts, you guys are from the East Coast. You guys know fish, nice. um, so I was up <laughs> there. It's a uh, it was you know sort of a friends and family reunion every time they're up there with my friends from Montana and you know, but I think this was in like 2016, 2017. I can't remember. And we are down for the first night. You know, we're down pretty close front center, and uh, this guy turns around. And he's wearing, you know, not like a you into a hot knot shirt or a detour shirt, brand shirt, but he was wearing like a like a Dickies work shirt, which I, you know, like he had to go out of his way to get it. And you know, my friends who had overserved themselves and who knows what else they were doing, um, you know, they're like, "Hey, he works at you into." And this guy like had that moment, right, of like, "Oh my god!" And you know, again, who knows what he was up to as well that night. But uh, he had a love affair with the brand, and it was just a really cool thing of like when you weren't expecting it. So that's always like yeah. one of my favorite parts. Um, I had another experience similar to that at Red Rocks um, outside of Denver. I walked in to the bathroom, and there were like three younger dudes shotgunning hot nosh that they had snuck in <laughs> and that one i didn't hide i was like i was like i don't know if i should be proud of you guys or if you're gonna get us in trouble and forever banned from this venue but uh yeah i, I tried to get one from them but they only had one piece but yeah so i mean there's those and then you know just all in all like i've had my hands on the brand for so long and been involved with so much and you know from the brand partnerships and events and you know like the our national parks golden nail series that we did where I got to, you know, travel around and make cool videos uh, in the national parks and camp. And uh, that's so, I mean, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. There's so much, there's so much I want to follow up on Montana, <laughs> Montana <laughs> rolls, Missoula rolls. Could talk We're going to need part two. I think could talk about the K hole. Shout out to Al Pills, <laughs> friend of the podcast. Nice. Oh yeah. I love that, man. Double hall IPA was my first love. And anyone who's associated with the Kettle House, if you're watching or here, that's like, I love you, but Single Malt by Blackfoot is, is like their nemesis in the draft world in Montana. So <laughs> I hate to say it, 
yeah, I was talking to their owners mm-hmm. once and accidentally they asked me what my favorite beer was and I saw them there. You could just see it like, oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> just... one, but, uh, so, uh, uh, that's the skew that keeps taking all our spots. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you see it from their angle now that I've lived in that world. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so to wrap up here with one final question, what is one thing that you wish Salt Lake or Utah in general was more well-known for? To borrow a phrase from the locals, Utah sucks. Don't move here. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so, famous uh, teacher line locally. Shout out to those guys. Look him up on Instagram. He's got a whole line of apparel. Utah sucks. Don't move here. Um, but I think, honestly, I think, you know, I want people to know it's not nearly as culturally uptight as you might see it being portrayed in either, you know, the LDS base. Um, that's, you know, obviously headquartered here and the reason Utah is where it is now, but also the politics. I mean, everywhere has crazy politics anymore, it seems. So I'm just, you know, like it's, it's Utah. It's, it's, you know, there's, it's a population of people that literally were driven here by the U S government driving them out of, because of polygamy or something. But, you know, the fact that, you know, I could see them maybe being weary of, of government, right. But not saying that's right, my world, but yeah, yeah. I just, like, I try to, uh, I try to look at it with an open mind. You know what I mean? Like I moved here. You can see their perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, most of the people here, super friendly, well-educated people. I mean, the, it's one of the few places in the world that you can wake up in an urban environment go up to the high alpine go skiing and then if you leave early enough you can be you know camping in the desert amongst you know giant red rock walls so that's awesome but i think you know the other thing that i i think that i'd want you know more well known for is the issues with uh the salt lake which is super important like that that's growing and so i think you know when you thought of that actually the first thing that came to mind was that i will hope more people know that the lake is drying up uh due to climate change and, Mm -hmm. and drought and and it's a huge problem. It's a ticking time bomb, literally, of uh, noxious gas. And it's it's going to take more than a state level uh, of cooperation to get it done. So spread the word. We need we need to save the Great Salt Lake. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yeah. 100%. So thanks for joining us, Jeremy. Um, yeah. As I, I, I alluded <laughs> to earlier, I do have two lime pills this year. Hey, nice. I'm going <laughs> to crack a second one. While I do what I'm doing here, Jeremy, anything to plug for you into where, where can folks find you into beer throughout the mountain area plug? Yeah. 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 So, Cheers. um, we're entering our 30th anniversary this year. It's been the incredible uh, the congrats. Of, um, yeah. It's been the theme of the, um, the ABP season, which is the fall with our wholesalers and retailers. And so lots of programming there. I'd say really just follow us on social at you into brewing hit our website you into brewing.com our beer finder um, run through Vermont information processing so you can find every you know account that we're in within 24 hours i believe it updates every evening out of state say be patient because we're starting to re-expand with our new partnership and ownership with us beverage so we're seeing all that there but really yeah just watch for uh one specifically um we're doing a uh, bucket list road trip giveaway um, to cross channel promotion next year which will be, you know, so watch our socials, give us a follow. It's a scan win, entered win, you know, no catch. You can win a trip for two to Salt Lake, where we'll then outfit you with a camper van with some of our friends from the local adventure uh, tourism, and then send you on a stipend road trip to three national parks of your choice and go explore Southern Utah. And we're partnering with backcountry.com to like load them up with gear. And obviously we'll have yeah. plenty of 
we'll have plenty of beer to give you. For Are you going to be uh, building them one of the yurts? I think that should be included. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should, right? Yeah. No, um, yeah. I, 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 I'm going to let someone else build the camper van. I've, uh, okay. I've, I've tried to renovate a truck camper and I'm not great at that. So um, yeah, I think the only other thing is Uinta is Utah is what I always say. And, you know, we are constantly working with the local community and working on sustainability initiatives, but also just supporting local causes and, you know, we're one of, we have a huge budget for those things and it's you know near and dear to our hearts to come visit us in Utah. Yes. Go visit them. Go visit Salt Lake City. Molly, it's, it's been wonderful co-hosting with you this month and, and, you know, talking about Salt Lake City, featuring these breweries. Final thoughts. This was so much fun. I'm like, I'm weirdly sad all of a sudden. <laughs> Would love to come back. Yeah. Echoing everything Brian said. I mean, Salt Lake is incredible. Super happy to be a uh, uh, a part of this month's podcast. I just recently kind of fell in love with Salt Lake and love telling everyone and anyone I know about it, especially its incredible beer scene. And I cannot think of a better last episode to have talking about Salt Lake here. So Jeremy, thank you very much. And uh, Brian, thank you as well. Can I, can I add, when you do come to visit Utah, we have a pub in the airport. So if you, uh, if you come into B Gates, hit our pub either on your way in or on your way out, or as I always said before, we don't have a before we had the the airport pub is we're either your first or last stop when you come to Utah. Now I that's either it. you come to our brewery because we're we're literally five minutes from the airport. Load up your rental or whatever, and ask for me. My office is literally right up above the host stand. I'll come say hi, and then uh, or come spend your layover in our pub and grab a quick Uber, five minute Uber from there. During the winter time, the amounts of ski bags and snowboard bags you see in the the lobby is pretty humorous at times. Like. Oh, there's a lot of outbound flights today. Amazing. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I I love Salt Lake. I was out there. Oh my God. I when when Jeremy started working at Uinta was the last time I was out there. 2013. I proposed to my wife in Arches. I had a wonderful week out there. I fell in love with it back then and I was so happy to return to it to do some research for this podcast. And I I we say this with every city we visit because we feature just great cities because there's so many great cities around the United States that have great beer scenes and great outdoor scenes and great things to visit and unique cultures in their own feel. But Salt Lake City is is very unique. You, you need to get there. You need to see this beautiful, clean, pristine metropolitan area just surrounded by some of the most pristine, beautiful wilderness you're you're going to see in the United States. So cannot recommend salt lake enough and and that's gonna do it for us like jeremy said follow you into on instagram at you into brewing follow them there and certainly keep a lookout for that competition what I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words mm-hmm. i chugged that lime pilsner and my brain's just yeah. not working anymore <laughs> uh, we'll be doing a lot of programming um giveaways or not just for the 30th anniversary with a uh in planning uh two-day music extravaganza at the brewery that we're trying to work on with a uh, local brand called uh, Cool, which is the K-U-H-L Cool uh, clothing product, uh, good friends of ours here. It's a great part about living in Utah and Salt Lake. Is there's so many cool brands that are headquartered here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, got a, got some things in the plans for them. Thanks to Epic and Uinta for supplying beers for this episode. And thanks to all our Salt Lake City featured breweries this month. Shout out to Saltfire, Bewilder, Shades, Epic, and Uinta. We couldn't have made this happen without our brewery affiliates. You can follow us on social media at Bruvana. 
make sure to uh, head over to bruvana.com as well. Uh, lots of great stuff over there, including the beer club. You could help support the show by joining the beer club and you get to enjoy the same beers that we're featuring on the podcast every week. We ship them directly to you. It's super awesome. You get beers that you often cannot get unless you go directly to the brewery. So check out the beer club. It also helps keep the lights on at this podcast. Literally keeping the lights on. <laughs> Visual gags. Also, check out the 12 beers of Christmas and the Hoppy Hanukkah holiday boxes. Lots of fun coming up for our holiday season to cap off 2022. And another shameless self-plug, watch Next Exit on Untapped's YouTube channel. We had a lot of fun shooting that show. My Cincinnati episode comes out the day before this podcast gets released. October 4th, it's already out by the time this podcast gets released. So check that out. I hope everybody has a fun time uh, enjoying that show. I also think I can create an IMDb page now, which nice. is a weird excitement. I think you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I can. I wonder if I should get a SAG card too. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Go for yeah. It. yeah. You know, you, you reminded me, we actually <laughs> have a, uh, a web series episode on Uinta coming out next week. Plug it, plug it, plug it. Yeah. What do you got? I literally, the email came in while we were talking this morning. Uh, Glass Half Full. It's a uh, digital series. You have to look for it on YouTube from Consensus Digital Media. And it's all about sustainable brewing um, in the beer industry. And they did a highlight on Uinta uh, back in May and it's ready to roll. So Wednesday, October 5th is when that will drop. Uh, just look for uh, Glass Half Full on YouTube. Beautiful. The awesome. same day this awesome. comes out. Look, we got a whole day of programming for you. Listen to this episode. <laughs> uh, the day it comes out, watch Next Exit, and then watch Uinta all on YouTube. You can catch it all in one place. Good stuff. Anyways, uh, we'll be back next week with our next featured city. Yakety yak, don't come back. That That's the only reference I have for you. Uh, I'm super excited for that city. I think I know it. I think I know it. Because it, it, it's sneakily, the city has played a role in every month of Bruise Less Traveled up until this point. <laughs> Tune in next week to find out what role they've played. And can't wait for that reveal. But until then, stay safe, be kind, and support local breweries, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.